0: Hello and welcome to Banking Transformed, the number one banking podcast. I'm your host, Jim Roos, founder and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of The Financial Brand. It's been 30 years since the term metaverse was coined, but big money and big hype is now making the way into daily conversations in and outside of banking. With a convergence of hundreds of millions of people with computer capacity at their fingertips, and high-speed and high-capacity internet capabilities, the introduction of modern, affordable, MR, VR, and AR devices, and new assets powered by Web3 technology, the metaverse is being defined every day in real time. My guest on Banking Transform Podcast today is Ray Wang, founder of Constellation Research. Ray untangles the hype from the likely reality and provides a clearer view as to where financial institutions should go as they define their position in the metaverse. So welcome to the show, Ray. As with any emerging technology or innovation, any prediction of the future is going to be at least somewhat off base. But that's not keeping forward-looking companies from experimenting with and investing in the potential of extended reality for their products, services and operations. You know, most recently we've seen J.P. Morgan Chase, Fidelity, and Keisha Bank all start to dabble in the metaverse. So Ray, with so much terminology in banking and marketing today, it has probably makes sense to define what your definition of the metaverse is before we dig into how finance institutions can potentially leverage this technology in the future of this. So what do you see as the definition of the metaverse
1: yeah there's a lot going on right and when most people think about the metaverse they're thinking about the goggles and the worlds right but the underpinnings are much bigger than that we see five components of the metaverse the first part is the interfaces right today they're goggles in the future they're gonna be gestures like minority report and then of course one day you know you might just plug yourself in for your brain with a human api right like Neuralink in terms of what elon musk is talking about but that's just the beginning they're going to be worlds like the way we have websites and those worlds today, you know, I mean, it's in Roblox. We've seen the banks kind of play a role in there. We see them in Unity and Epic. But there are, every brand is going to have their own world, right? They're going to have their own mall. They're going to have their own interfaces. And so you're going to see that sports entertainment. They're going to have their own worlds. Brands are going to have their own worlds. Every, every studio is going to do that. Um, but that takes us just at the tip of the iceberg underpinnings include things like DAOs, and that's a decentralized, autonomous organization. Think about it as, you know, the rules of the country club, the rules of a constitution, the membership rules and, you know, of, of what required to, how you vote, how do you become a member, how do you exchange items of value. And then, of course, we're going to go to the crypto and the blockchain tech that's behind that. And that's huge, right? That's our underpinnings of how, you know, what value exchange is created, how money is actually transferred how goods and services are exchanged and then underpinning all that are a series of new technologies that are basically going from web 2 to web 3 right and that's the stack right that's just the technologies that are underpinning this we've got creator economies interfacing with what we call data-driven digital networks and that creates the overall overall market size of what we see as about twenty point seven trillion by the end of the decade
0: You know, it's interesting. Gartner recently predicted that by 2026, 25 percent of people will spend at least an hour of the day in the metaverse for work, shopping, education, uh, social media or entertainment. How do you see this playing out as far as the digital and physical world in banking? Do you think it's going to be that high or is is banking maybe not going to only lag because of the fact that banking lags? But because maybe there's not as many leveraging points where metaverse plays into banking.
1: Actually, I think we have to look at it a different way. Like if it's traditionally I'm going to a branch, I put on a headset, you know, I I take some transactions, I might get some coins for the worlds I'm in from a bank. I don't think it's going to work that way. So it's actually going to be a little bit more subtle and a little bit more ambient is kind of the way we would look at this. Um, And so so imagine like you walk in, you're making a transaction, you're in the metaverse, right? You can just blink your eye. You can just swipe. You can just, you know, use your digital signature and identity and you'll be doing transactions. Right. But if you're getting to something more formal, like I'm going to do peer to peer payments, I'm going to transfer money from the real world to the digital world. There might be more interfaces along the way. Um, Will we spend an hour doing banking a day? I hope not. I think it's just going to be so seamless, so frictionless in the back end that it's just going to happen. But keep in mind, a lot of people do get motion sick. So being in all those goggles and stuff might not last that long. You might not be able to handle more than an hour in the metaverse today, but it will get better in the future. But underpinning of every piece is really the value exchange mechanism. And so, for example, like how would you go from, you know, a simple thing like taking a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and settling it through AC itch like what happens? Is that a digital asset? Is that a security? Is that currency? I mean, there's going to be some very interesting questions uh, that have to be answered. Uh, but for now, I think, you know, a lot of folks are just trying to pet a presence in the metaverse, uh, getting involved in the middle of the transactional aspects of it. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to see all those underlying banking as a service infrastructures, all the DeFi technologies are popping in already and the worlds and you and those interactions are never going to be the same again.
0: You know well speaking of the interactions do you believe that the metaverse will prompt changes in consumption patterns or in maybe the competitive battlefield overall
1: yeah i think the consumption patterns are going to be more subtle everybody's going to have their wallets or wallet and it's really the interaction with those wallets uh, that's going to be out there um keep in mind because the the transactions are going to be more peer-to-peer i don't think Uh, people understand the implications of not having an intermediary. Oops, I transferred $10,000 to the wrong person. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, you're going to see things like that, right? You're also going to see situations where, you know, um, how you how you treat currencies and value currencies, um, all the record keeping behind that, that actually has to come back at some point, right? Whether you are trading a security or an asset, whether it's actually currency, value exchange, like how do you actually tell what goods were transacted? What was revenue? Um, what gets taxed, right? So a lot of things have yet to be figured out, but I'm sure we will get there.
0: You know, it's interesting, moving from the world of traditional banking where we dealt with banking and physical structures to digital banking on the computer or mobile phones obviously significantly changed the customer journey and the customer experience. How do you see the metaverse altering the experience consumers will have in the future?
1: I think the biggest change they'll notice is that um, banking is seamless, right? It's it's more seamless than just flashing out a credit card with a chip. I mean, you basically can transact anywhere, any Um, anytime, you know, any world. And I think that's the important piece. And so the ability to actually... Bring something from the physical world to the digital world. Um, that's, that's probably the first thing. I think the second thing is because it's so seamless, right? When things are that easy, um, you get lost in terms of figuring out, like, hey, how much did I spend? <laughs> and so I think we're going to have to insert some friction along the way to make sure people understand that a transaction has occurred and here are the consequences of that transaction. We don't have those in place today. We've made things so easy to pay um, and we will make things even easier to pay with that. That's going to Create some of that. Um, people are going to have to build in some friction in the experiences, just to make sure that you know, are you there? <laughs> do you feel anything? Right, and and you're going to have to get some reality sick.
0: So, when people talk about the metaverse, they look at it from a broader perspective. So, how do you see the integration of open banking and the potential of cross industry marketplaces playing into the metaverse as it relates to the financial services industry?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think that, you know, a lot of the things that we've seen from banking as a service, um, other things that we've seen from, you know, the ability to actually do transactions um, at scale, uh, the ability to actually take, you know, payments. I mean, all this is actually going to be seamless. And because it's seamless, um, our ability to actually do transactions is going to be. I'd say a, a lot simpler, right? I mean, and, and we won't have um, the intermediaries in between. We won't have uh, the, the challenges that we normally have with with all the friction uh, along with the regulation. But we're going to have to figure out, more importantly, why do we I mean, you know, why which regulations are going to be important? Like, what do we need in regulations? And so there's going to be a rethink in terms of you know, what gets regulated, what gets centralized and more importantly, what gets decentralized.
0: You know, the future potential of the metaverse will not happen overnight, obviously, for, some, for several reasons. That said, financial institutions can't wait for the future to happen. They must become more future ready. So what do you suggest that financial institutions do in the short term to get ready for the metaverse?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of things that they can get started with. Um, one is actually having presence. And we do see that, right? We see different uh, institutions in Roblox, in Decentraland, um, in the worlds, right? And so that's just a presence aspect. But there's a second piece that can be done going forward, which is really making things easier for their customers. For example, the ability to actually, you know, maybe create uh, an NFT um, for each individual, maybe create accounts um, sitting in the Web 3.0 world that actually allow you to actually start those transaction processes, um, allow you to actually take identity and transact against that identity. Um, So maybe you might start by, maybe some of the institutions will start by providing the ability to help someone actually get their coins out, get an NFT, figure out how to do a digital asset settlement. That's going to be one of the big pieces on the B2B world. I just took Dogecoin and Bitcoin. How do I settle that into my books uh, properly? And so I think that is going to be some of the basics. Payment engines are going to have to figure out what they do uh, in terms of actually Doing transactions, um, not only just in the crypto world, uh, but more importantly, the the metaverse is going to be transacted with tokens, um, with exchanges. Of course, there'll be dollars and other currencies that will be taken, but you can see predominantly the form of value exchange is going to be more in the crypto world. Um, I think the third thing that organizations can actually do along with that um, is also prove their value in the metaverse. Uh, There is value in some of the banking services and some of the regulations or some of the financial and consumer protections uh, that might not be. Available in direct transactions. And so we'll see banks play a new role, um, but you know, they're going to have to define what's the important part um, that consumers are looking for and trading security for friction uh, you know, or less friction and being able to trade privacy uh, the way that we normally look at privacy um, and data you know, really for more experiences and engagement. And so I think people are going to find the right balance. We're not there yet, right? Because not everyone is transacting yet. I mean, we figure that at some point, you know, we'll have about, 80, 90 million people transacting in the metaverse this year. It's going to be a little bit more as we start to get the billions of people. This is going to be a very interesting proposition.
0: When you're working with financial institutions, consulting them, and we're talking about the beginning point, the the dip in the toe of the water, so to speak. Should financial institutions be focusing on improving the customer journeys or working on the customer journeys? or maybe working with specific products customized for the metaverse, maybe say a virtual real estate mortgage transaction or some combination of the two.
1: Jimmy, I think you're completely right. It's, it's really about getting used to smart contracts, right? How do you wanna set up a smart contract? Uh, is a title an NFT? Um, if, if I'm gonna do a mortgage in the metaverse, like what does it mean? What are the rules? What's the governance that's required? Uh, those are going to be the questions that people are going to ask. If I t- take insurance and title policy in the metaverse, right? Is that an NFT? How is it minted? Uh, how do we take care of that? Um, so, so those are definitely the questions that you know banks are going to play a role in, in. You know, maybe providing themselves as a sherpa into the metaverse, a, a trusted uh, partner that walks, you know, that helps clients actually navigate what's happening in the metaverse, as opposed to the wild west that's actually happening today.
0: You know, it's interesting, some institutions already are seeing the deployment of the metaverse related experiences similar to, let's say, 3D shopping. Some organizations are using the gamification of banking. Is this the way banking should be viewed in the future? Is this too limited or maybe too broad? And to me, at least, I don't know, some of the ones that have already been deployed, say, J.P. Morgan Chase or, or Fidelity or even CaixaBank. Bank, you know, some of the early interpretations to me at least, seem to be more PR stunts than, than real imp- applications somebody's going to actually do. What are your feelings about some of these early applications? Are they just testing the water? Is it more for PR, pr- purposes? Or do you see that, that basically this may be the way it goes?
1: it's actually all of the above um everybody decided that it'd be cool to launch an nft or be in the metaverse world this year so their marketing budgets were focused on that they were everybody reached out to their digital agencies and said hey what can you do to put me in the metaverse um that's great right i mean that's kind of like hey i got a domain name and you know i have a website look at me uh, however very few organizations have actually built a business model of how they want to take advantage of that metaverse economy uh, in there, and so it really starts with seven steps that we think about. First, think about your overall brand strategy. If you're like a high-touch luxury, um, you know, bank in that perspective, you know, with a lot more touch points, more private wealth management, then you're going to take that very different than if you're a high-efficiency bank, um, really looking at locations and being able to service, you know, with a level of efficiency and a level of convenience. So you start with your brand strategy, then you go and pick up one of the metaverse use cases what am i trying to do here am i trying to improve you know the buying experience for my customers am i trying to improve you know reduce like the clutter of the traditional kind of loan application process, right? Am I trying to make payments a lot more automated and easier between my cold wallet, my physical, my digital wallet, and my actual banking? And so you start there, you take one of those use cases, then we go out and we figure out, you know, what do we have to do? What are, what are the, you know, how, what are the worlds? What are the technologies and skills that we have to figure out? We build and design an experience strategy and engagement strategy, right? Where do we automate processes? When do we augment the system with humans? When do we augment the humans with more information? information? And when do we actually create friction, actually insert a human in the process? right? Every single banking journey is going to require that. And you're going to have a rethink of how that's being delivered. And you're also, along the way, going to capture the analytics information so that you can get better at automating things, and more importantly, start building the knowledge graphs on the back end so that your prediction models get better. And then at some point, we're going to use all this stuff to actually power these larger networks because the data that's actually being collected in the metaverse is actually richer than anything you would imagine. Right. For example, like, you know, I, I can contract. I can track your eye blinking and your eye movements. I can, you know, at some point I know what your pulse is. I know what your, you know, how you know, how quickly you're breathing. Right. And so, I mean, all those things that weren't captured before are there. I get intonation in your voice. I can tell if you're angry or upset or, you know, or, or happy uh, or, or sad. Right. So all that data is going to be piled together and, and put together. And I think this is how people are going to start you know, entering that metaverse economy.
0: Well, it's a great example of there's going to be a lot more data available, but it's also going to be incumbent upon the finance institution to make sure they give value exchange for the utilization of this data. Otherwise, those data options are going to be cut off by the consumer because they're going to have the right to say, no, from a privacy or personalization standpoint, I don't want those options. So it's really going to hold the finance institution really responsible for making sure that this value exchange happens that I get a truly better experience because of the data you're capturing on me. So Ray, let's take a short break here and recognize the sponsor of this podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Microsoft. See how Microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes, delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels innovating new products and services, and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at microsoft.com backslash financial services. So Ray, more and more financial institutions are beginning to offer digital asset platforms. You know, as we move from short-term to long-term planning, should organizations consider developing their own virtual metaverse platform, Integrate with existing technologies, or is this an example where partnering with a third party entity might be a better way to go?
1: everyone's going to be tempted to build their own and, and that's just the natural tendency to do that i think what we have to think about is how do we partner and how do we actually take advantage of reusable digital assets that can be applied into different worlds um you know there's so many worlds right you've got you know things that are powered by unity or things that are powered by epic or decentraland or sandbox or roblox right and that's just the beginning and so you're going to need a strategy that allows you to have presence in these different worlds and of course you're going to have your own presence so the partnership strategy is important. The ability to actually have reusability—that's going to be your your guide to getting into different worlds and different experiences. Um, but more importantly, um, you will at some point stand up your own uh, capability where people go come to you and actually experience like what you have to offer. Whether it's a digital lobby, whether it's the ability to actually have face-to-face transactions, the ability to actually you know check in on account, do self-service, right? All that's going to happen in the same way that we looked at. The web we looked at mobile and and now the way we look at the metaverse
0: so as we look to the future of the metaverse who are the technology players and the financial services players you think organizations should watch in other words who's driving the metaverse today at, at this point in the game
1: yeah, I think like the major banks have done a good job of just trying to get some presence in there. And, and I think that's just the beginning. Uh, but what we're really looking at are companies that are doing things in the digital asset settlement area. Um, and I mean, that's really going to be interesting. So uh, interesting company is a company called Bitwave. Um, they're, they're helping people figure out how to do that digital asset settlement. You decided to take Bitcoin or Dogecoin. Well, how does that work? Right. Can we actually go out and figure out how you, know, you settle that, how you treat them? Um, you know the asset types in the right way, uh, or the financial types in the right way, um, and that's going to be important. We also see, you know, the crypto exchanges and the and the wallets playing a role. So Coinbase and eToro, right? And then um, and then of course, brokerages in the world like FTX. I mean, they're kind of driving what's what's happening. And so so you're going to see those those organizations play a role in terms of shaping uh, the infrastructure um, of what actually required for a transaction. And then of course, we see worlds, right? I mean, the worlds are actually going to set some of the standards in terms of how they actually do transactions, right? I mean, we see all what happened in Decentraland. We see what's happening in Roblox uh, and and they play a role. But we also see consulting firms that are out there doing things in the metaverse, right? We see like the likes of the, you know, Accentures of the world and Deloitte and TCS and IBM and Emphasis and Wipro. They're all put doing things in the in the metaverse to really actually help their clients figure out, you know, what's the path? What's the journey? How do you build those experiences? So, so I, I think we're just at the beginning, but there's also companies like, you know, Stripe and Block and more that are actually, you know, building out the payments infrastructure to be able to do that. You saw what PayPal did with, you know, NFTs and, you know, that that's going to be just the beginning of being able to handle some of those digital assets. And so we're going to see everyone. There's a land grab uh, for market share and mind share in terms of what's going on for you know, banking platforms, uh, banking as a service, for transactions on the back end, um, for the ability to do simple things like even loan origination in the metaverse. How do we set up the smart contracts in the right way? So, so there is a battle for um, getting these services and offerings out the door.
0: You know, you recently published a report on the future of the metaverse, a great report, by the way. And you spent time talking about how the metaverse will change the future of work as we know it. Can you discuss a little bit about how the metaverse can be used internally within an organization?
1: Yeah, it's a great point. We often focus on the commerce and the customer experience use cases, but there are a good number of use cases in future of work and employee experience. And and those range from anything from collaboration to meetings, our ability to actually see transparent layers of computing, our ability to actually transact uh, in these new worlds um, from 2D to 3D, to simple things like recruiting. Imagine if we had no bias recruiting. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you talk to people, you normally can hear their voice and in intonations. I say, oh, that's a person from the East Coast. Or wait, that's actually a person from the West of Pennsylvania because they're using the word pop instead of soda. OK, I, I pulled that out. Oh, wait, that's someone from New England, right? And you can do that. And, and we do that around the world, Singaporean English versus American English versus British English versus Indian English or Canadian English or Australian English or even American English, right? We tell that. And that brings bias into the equation. Imagine if my avatar is interviewing your avatar. Um, we take away the intonations that you normally would hear um, in that traditional sense. That can make a big difference right um, you might you know take away just even the visual aspects of that interview and do kind of a no bias interview. So we definitely see that there. There's onboarding. That's also very important. You're getting someone up to speed and, you know, making sure that, you know, all the things that they have are in place. Um, And, you know, you might start with some training as well, just to make sure that people are safe. You put someone in a haptic suit, some gloves, right? And they say, hey, look, I used to work on oil rigs. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what's the safety protocol? You get them out there. If they fall from an oil rig, at least in the virtual world, they'll never do it again in the real world, right? So you build this kind of like training mechanisms or maybe you were said you were skilled you know mechanic or electrician and here you know here's kind of what's going on or you're an expert in coding you know in, in a web 3o stack fine let's go prove it let's test if you can really do that um, imagine open heart surgeries you know that are being done. Um, where you've got digital twins of the heart, digital twins of the surgeon that actually going at it. I mean, that could inform our ability to do robotic surgery or computerized surgery in the future. You could train, you know, more people who've never seen that in the operating theater um, in terms of being able to do that. Right. And so take the banking transaction, like how do we actually do a scenario where we look at potential fraud? Right. You could do a whole bunch of training simulations. You know, here's a person coming in. What did you do for training? Did you do your, um, you know, KYC? Um, Oh, wait, hey, that's a transaction that's actually worth, $10,001 in Bitcoin. Hmm, is that an AML trigger? What do we do, right? So you can actually put all those things into place. And of course, we're going to have internal comms and, and other things that actually pop into place where we change the way we look at meetings. We change the way we look at, you know, internal types of events, team building, um, lots of things here. So there's about 21 use cases that we looked at in the future of work and employee experience.
0: You know, you also in the same report talked about metaverse, marketing the metaverse. How do you see marketing change and the sales process changing with the application of the metaverse?
1: Yeah. Imagine the launch of a brand new branch in the metaverse or the launch of a new financial product or offering, right? That's both in the physical world and the digital world. You can reach so many more people right? You know, all they may have to do is actually just go into the app um, and actually change the way that the banking app is experienced, get into you know, maybe a metaverse world to kind of see what it's like, have a conversation with their private banker or the teller that they work with or they know. All right. And so we can actually launch new products and services there, and we can create VIP experiences that normally wouldn't be there that actually give people access to individuals they normally wouldn't have been able to talk to or actually create brand new experiences for folks. Um, so, so the marketing is just the beginning of that. The sales is actually interesting because you can now actually have true collaborative sales, right? The ability to actually get teams to actually work together on on issues. Uh, one of the things that I I, I always envision is that in the metaverse, you're going to have these like, big, like just like the way we have like these big lead walls today, or you've got walls or like screens with all this data on it. You're going to have this in a 3D immersive environment, like any kind of stat, any kind of, you know, intelligence that you need to get um, inside your organization, you're going to be able to see on the fly. And it will be kind of a metaverse experience where you throw things out, you bring things in, you close things, you touch, you share. I mean, all those gestures are going to be fun to watch.
0: At the end of the day, they always say, follow the money. So what do you see as the commercial possibilities of the metaverse when we're talking about financial services?
1: I think it's going to be really in the APIs and the ability to actually embed, uh, allowing the ability to actually expand our world from centralized to decentralized systems. Um, and, And that's really the ability to actually capture some value in all those transactions that are going to happen. right? We started to see that with some of the virtual worlds, um, some of the payment uh, models. Um, and we've seen that in esports. We've seen that in gaming, especially, in terms of how people buy digital goods and services. I think that's going to be more streamlined. I think banks are going to get better at that. Um, and I think banks uh, and financial institutions play important role in the web 2 to web 3 transition, and more importantly, in the 2D to 3D transition by making those services seamless, But providing the stability, uh, the reliability, and more importantly, the scale that consumers expect in the physical world, that's going to happen as well in the metaverse world.
0: Okay, so we keep on talking about the metaverse. And as you said at the beginning of the conversation, we always talk about the device. We're talking about the glasses or the goggles, whatever it may be. Can the future of the metaverse actually happen without devices such as glasses or some other kind of 3D apparel? It seems to be a threat to think that people want a universe that replicates the physical world when we already have what we want, in many cases, in the digital world. How do you see that all transpiring and what kind of possible barrier does it it present when we're talking about having to view this type of thing in a a 3D or a, a virtual device?
1: No, it's a great question. Like you don't want to be encumbered by wearing those goggles today. The battery life on those goggles are probably less than two hours, right? Plus, if you get motion sick like I do, um, you can only be on these glasses for a certain period of time. So, so yeah, it's not all going to be through those glasses. There may be immersive rooms that actually we sit in, but more importantly, we'll be able to get to the point. And, and we think in the next uh, 18 months or less, we should be able to get to a point where all you need is the camera on your device and you too can actually experience those 3D worlds without having to put on goggles. So And that will reduce the barrier of entry and improve accessibility for those who might not necessarily be able to you know, put themselves into a goggle. So But we see that happening right now. It's not going to be hardware dependent. I mean, in, in 24 months or less, it will not be hardware dependent.
0: So it's almost like Pokémon Go was. You you can you can bring the virtual and the reality world together in a way that doesn't require a special device then.
1: It is. That's that's the thing, right? Our ability to seamlessly move from the physical world to the digital world and back, that's where we're going to see a lot of those types of experiences play a role. Um ideally if my avatar interviewed your avatar in the show, we'd have to sync up later and figure out what we talked about. <laughs> so there's <laughs> going to be things like that that actually might pop up.
0: So, you know, finally financial institutions and the people that work in financial institutions certainly want to educate themselves on what is possible with the metaverse. How do you recommend they find out more about what is possible in the metaverse and where their planning should start?
1: You know, I think one of the Great places to start looking is really understanding what's happening in the crypto world. Um, that's gonna that, that's the model in terms of how value exchange is gonna occur in the metaverse. So, so I'd start by understanding some of the basic DeFi crypto uh, trends that are actually happening. Um, you know, and and to do that, I mean, there's a number of publications that do a good job of covering those crypto markets. You know, most people know know things like, you know, uh, you know, Coin Telegraph, Coin um, Those are places that you know people have gone to to be able to see what's happening. Um, there are a lot of groups, and and this is going to be. the th- the adventurous part is there are a lot of Discord groups. Discord is kind of like where all the school kids are at. So it's not Facebook and it's not, you know, other types of social networks or employee networks like LinkedIn. Um, the Discord groups that are out there are large communities talking about these innovations that are occurring. So I'd actually look at some of the Discord groups on, you know, f- the future of financial services in the metaverse, right? Some metaverse uh, metaverse crypto kind of, um, you know, Discord groups that are out there. Um, I think the last place is really to start talking to, you know, you know, some of... Have- um, the more advanced customers, and, and you know that, that are doing that. I mean, you're going to see them at conferences and events. I think this is an early burgeoning field. Um, everybody's really excited to talk to everyone. Um, most people are pretty open about sharing what they're doing and how they're actually achieving that. And uh, I would definitely start there and have those conversations at events, right? And then read up on you know some of the vendors that are actually pushing in the space. Right? A lot of the system integrators are talking about how they're addressing each of the industry use cases within banking, financial services, and, and trying to understand like how. Um, there's gonna be a role in, in terms of what's digital, what's physical, what's, you know, what's manual, what's automated, um, what's in the metaverse versus what's in the physical world.
0: You know, it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. And, and as you referenced, it'll be interesting to look back on this conversation and what is going on in the, the, the industry right now to see where this finally lands. And it'll never be a stopping point. So we're never gonna know when it lands. But I think the potential is is pretty extreme. And I, I, you know, it's interesting, the more I read, the more I understand, but the more questions that I ask. So I really appreciate you being on the show today, Ray. You know, you really have a, Figure on the pulse of what's going on, in the industry, even outside the industry. Your firm, Constellation, is is doing just amazing research in the field and in what's going on in in all areas of of the what's going on, in the future of digital and the metaverse. So, I, I appreciate you being on the show again. It's great to have you back. Thanks for listening to Bank to Transform, winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoyed today's show please give our show a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Also, be sure to catch my recent research on the digital bank report and the articles I'm writing for the financial brand. This has been the production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, audio engineer, Sean Rohl hoffman and video producer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Maroose. Until next time, remember that people may not fully understand what the metaverse is today the same way they didn't understand what online shopping was in 1995.
1: You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business.